and welcome back to today's episode of Brown's Plane with me, Sara. And me, Mahek. I know it's been a while, guys, but we're back and I'm sure you guys are going to love this episode. On today's episode, we have two amazing guest uh, speakers today. We've got Farah, who everybody knows as the TikTok mum, and her beautiful daughter, Marham. Hello, both of you. Welcome. Hello. Yay. Thank you for having having us. Yay. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourselves? Oh, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) On the spot. On the yeah. spot, you just put me there. My name's Farah, as everybody knows, Farah Hussein. I'm a, a, a mother, a wife, and a businesswoman who has decided to make her own rules now. <laughs> yes, that, that's me in a nutshell, and you'll hear more. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Maham. I'm 25, and I suppose I'm your daughter. I feel like when I'm with you, I feel like I'm just your daughter. <laughs> Um, it's so hard answering that question because it's like, what do you say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's difficult, isn't it? Uh, Mum's a little superstar here, but I mean, like, so what's like? Um, I know that you've got a little bit of a platform going on as well. You make loads of like content with regard regarding like Asian, like just issues that impactation and a lot, yeah, all of that. Yeah, do you know what? It's um, it's 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 phenomenal. It's a great platform to have. I never knew that it would go so viral and everybody would be so interested. Um, It's just given us the opportunity to use the platform in a fun and effective way to put out a message to the youth and to all those mothers and parents and anybody that just needs a little bit of support and help. Um, That's why we use this platform. And it's it's just amazing, absolutely amazing how you can use a platform and put your voice out there for the younger generation and make make a difference. I think we found Farah on TikTok and we had a lot of people, like I had so many friends send us um, her TikToks and be like, oh my God, you should have her on your platform. And immediately we like resonated with everything she was like, you know, trying to normalize and preaching about and trying to teach. And we were like, oh my, as soon as we saw her, we were like, okay, we have to do this. And like immediately we got in contact with her and it, it was really refreshing to sort of see um you know someone like Farah just make these conversations and sort of like make it into like a more of like an educational platform whether that's for us that's whether that's for our parents and for everyone just to get a bit of an insight into our culture almost mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely I think this sort of ties into today's episode which is called Dear Mum and Dad and it sort of focuses on the grievances that the young generation have towards you know, Asian parenting styles, but also just highlighting the good aspects of it and how we think we can sort of change going forward, which really ties into Farah's platform, which is all about like normalizing conversations um, that are definitely very important. And as of Sarah said, like it's such a unique platform. I've never seen anyone put together some, something like this and it's definitely been very well received. Um, and you're definitely the best person to have this conversation with. Exactly. Um, you're really good um and also like you've had experiences for yourself in Marham um and like sort of like how you guys have worked towards creating a parenting style that works for you um and pretty much it would work for everybody else it'd so, be so ideal yeah. for everyone yeah yeah literally so I think it'd be really nice for us to kind of get into that conversation um hey. I guess like for starters it would be nice to ask you Farah like what kind of like motivated you to make a TikTok that focused on you know like making these sort of conversations normal what happened was i've been i was watching tiktok for a while and i was going to be using it for um, business purposes and thought but i just couldn't see a fit 
in there of what I was doing, me being the older generation, will the young kids do all that? Will they listen to what I'm saying? And I, sometimes, well, I do have rhythm, but I can't dance to save myself. <laughs> you move. I don't know whoever told you this. <laughs> but um, so I, just one day, it was just during pandemic and the lockdown, we decided just to do the uh, TikTok. You and missed it the, bit, the whole story before. What's the story? <laughs> um, this has been, I know TikTok's been around for a while now. Yeah. But it was starting to pick up towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. Yeah. It was like January time and my mum was like, I think I'm going to get TikTok. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> just like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you wanted to do your business and then you wanted to give business tips. I'm like, no one's going to watch that. Yeah. And then we gave a bit of a break and then we got in the pandemic and then. Then that's when, yeah. it, yes, that's when it started. I finished, I was on a um, Zoom call to Canada. We were doing one of our, our calls finished it was ramadan i think it was just uh, i think it was just the beginning just maybe. beginning of ramadan and it came out and maham said would you like to do it and i was like yeah i'm looking already let's just do it and in fact <laughs> what was that song it was a do, was, do that one you scroll down to the bottom it's one of the first ones very very oh, really? weeks later <laughs> <laughs> i just couldn't get it i actually thought it was the most easiest one ever but i just couldn't get it anyway we done it and i'm like yeah just do it i can't be bothered anymore and we didn't realize that we got about 100, over 100 yeah, views. Like yeah like how did you feel when all of that just came like flooding in and we're like really people really <laughs> like me and the kids are like i wonder why people like you mom and then that's when we just started practicing and we got we got the flow of it and then it was more about um, because people started resonating with what, what I was doing and I thought Maham this is a great time to get that content out there let's just put it out there let's see what happens and it was scary at first we were like oh my god what are people going to think and then we stopped thinking like that and then when we got all the good comments and people liked it and that gave us the confidence to just keep going so that's how it all started and then again again it resonated with us as well as mother and daughter and son and how we look after ourselves and and what they went through and what I went through and that's how it all just um, originated from and then things just went viral from there. I think like you you mentioned that you don't like you were like I don't know if people are going to like this and generally like that's how I like I came across you on the FYP and automatically like I think a part of me was shocked but also I loved it because it was like you hey. don't have someone who looks like your mum like and like just be able to kind of hear them discuss conversations that you want to speak to your parents about. And I think that's why it resonates with people because ultimately like a lot of us have grievances and we don't, you know, there's a lot of like, I guess like Desi communities are quite conservative and there are only so many conversations we can have with our parents. And that's just because of society. That's the way that we've been brought up. But to actually have like someone speaking about like the disparity between men and, you know, raising your girls and raising your boys and talking about like, you know, being open about your mental health and things like that. That's why it really resonated with us because a lot of us do want to be able to do that in our own households. Yeah, like we, we want to have these conversations and sometimes it's almost kept quite hush-hush or we're like, oh no, no, we, we don't talk about these things or, you know, what all people think if they knew you were going through this. And it's, these are the sort of conversations we want to ideally like sit down with our parents and have and sort of it be normalised. So it was just so refreshing to see and I was like yes like I'm like rooting for this like I was like showing my mom these TikToks and she was like whoa like this is yeah. so cool like Meg what did your mom say again 
So I was telling my mum that we were going to do a video with um, with Farah, and she's like, "Oh, I know who that is. I follow her on TikTok. I have TikTok." Yeah, yeah. She went on like a skydive. Like, I want to go on a skydive. I'm like, (laughs) it's so cute because it's like it's kind of like an influencer for us and our parents. And I think that's exactly it. Yeah, you set a very good example for the sorts of conversations that potentially we could start having with our parents because like if someone from your community sees that and they're just sort of like yeah you know what maybe I should be speaking to my kids about these sorts of things because it kind of leads us on to this idea of like there are some things that Desi kids and just any like even the Arab community like loads of different communities probably resonate with this is that there is like a lack of communication between parents and this idea that like in our household our parents say it and it goes and there isn't like a stream of conversation. There's a lot of things we don't talk about. We don't talk about like female empowerment. We don't talk about a lot of things and we should. And that's where the argument really comes down to. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Meg. And I wasn't always like this. And let me just make that very, very clear to everyone. And this, what I'm going to be saying here, it resonates with us as a family and experiences that we've gone through. It doesn't mean it doesn't, a lot of people are not, haven't gone through that. But it's for those people who are going through that. As a child growing up, I wanted a role model. I wanted someone that I could speak to and say, look, I'm doing the right thing and I'm following the right things. But we're brainwashed. You're absolutely brainwashed into saying, if you did this, God is going to get angry with you. If you did this, you're going to go to hell. And then my children taught me is that why can't you just tell us that God loves us? that Allah is there for us, he will, will always be there looking, supporting us. Why should not? Why should we be scared and why not be in awe of God? Mm. And that kind of like, oh my God, that really resonated. And also what Maham went through um, when she went to university, um, it was all peer pressure. She was, it's absolute peer pressure that she had to go to university and her dad wanted her to go and yes my heart was like oh my god this is not what she wants but she was lost imagine i mean you girls have graduated now as well she was in a very dark place and it breaks my heart to think that i let my daughter go there because of what other people are going to think mm-hmm. and um, she couldn't talk to me because she was scared and what i would think and what everything that she was going through imagine it, it's like having this strict culture strict religion and then you've got the western world you're confused as a young teenager where do you go who do you ask for help nobody gets you nobody gets you and the only people that should get you is your parents so if your parents are not there to support you and back you up and tell you this is right and wrong what's going to happen to them you're going to lose that child so yeah. I think it was a turning point for me when uh, I found out. It's it's funny now when you actually think about it. But yeah. you know what? That changed our relationship. It changed things for the way I see things because I want my children to be happy. And yes, I forced my mom to wear a headscarf. I'm guilty of that. And I put my <laughs> hands up and I said, yes, I did. But she wasn't happy doing that. But it's not about wearing a headscarf. It's not about all those things. And I'm a true believer that if your intent is right, everything will fall into place and the trust that you can have with your parents is absolutely it's so important to have that trust and then to empower your daughters and empower your sons to go out there and live the way they want to now we're brought up thinking that we own our children oh my god how dare we even think that we don't own our children they have a life but remember one thing 
when we die and we are in our graves, we're going by ourselves. We're, our children are not taking their parents. Our parents can help them in this life, but they can't help them in the other life. So whatever they do now is their choice, it's their decision. And we just should be there just to support them. So with the help of my children, my son and my daughter, they changed our mindsets. And because of that mindset, it gave me the courage to say, yes, right, let's do what you what makes you happy and let's follow what you want. And that's how it all started, Meg. Yeah, no, I think that's really amazing because I was in a similar position to that like, even before I went to uni because there's that societal, like, almost pressure that, yeah, like, our whole lives leads up to going to uni and then it's like, when I was going, I was like, am I just going because I have to or, like, I'm made to feel like I have to and then I'm like, what do I do? What do I want to do? And it took me a, a really long time to figure that out and be okay with doing something for me and letting my parents understand that as well. Um, like, and mom, how did that feel for you, like, with that change happening, like what sort of impact did that have on you? I mean, I feel like it was almost like an identity crisis. Like I didn't really know who I was. Mm. Um, I've spoken about it on my Instagram before where I've never really felt Asian and I've never really felt like Scottish or British. I've never really associated myself to either side. So then when I went to university, I was even more lost because um, I wasn't even doing a, like a stereotypical Asian, like, you know what most Asian kids would do. Me too. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> there were barely any Asian kids in my class. Same. My class. <laughs> and that was challenging. So then I was hanging around with a lot of white people and just getting in with the bad crowd. And I don't know, it was just, it was a, it was identity crisis. But at that time, I didn't even, it was hard for me to identify that. It's not until I looked back and I'm like oh wow like I was actually really lost hmm. and then when my mum and dad were in the same place there and now it was I didn't really have anyone to turn to and be like look mom like this isn't for me like I'm gonna come back um so it, it was really challenging at that time but now that I'm out of it um it makes me sad to think that yeah. there's so many other kids that are actually going through this right now hmm. and they feel like going to uni is almost their only escape because it's like freedom and they can just yeah. do what they want Exactly, like everyone moving out is like yeah. their like liberation to like live, start living their life, and it shouldn't really yeah. be like that. Um, yeah. And I'm sure your relationship really drastically changed from that point forward. Absolutely. To I hate you. To I love you. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't mean that. You did. You used to say I hate you. You used to run up those stairs and bang the door and say, "But you know what? I deserve it." I absolutely <laughs> deserved it because I I you were quite harsh. I was harsh, yeah. yes. And um, I mean, I'm I sure you, back, I'm sure you didn't deserve it. But it, do you know what is also really refreshing to hear? Like parents taking ownership and when yeah, not necessarily like, not necessarily where they went wrong, but understanding that just what they wanted isn't what necessarily their kids want, and to yeah. have meet them in that middle point and go forward together as opposed to you know forcing okay this is what I want from a childhood this is what they have to be and they can't have their own thoughts and their own beliefs it's what I teach them yeah. so it is really re like really refreshing seeing that you're taking ownership of that and sort of handing that over to Maham as well. Yeah. When you actually look at look about if you think about it in an Islamic way right mm -hmm. Allah Dalla has given us the power and said that go and seek the truth just because you're, a, you're born a Muslim or you're born a Christian doesn't mean that you have to follow that, right? This is, this yeah. is very deep where I'm, I'm going with this. You've got to take the responsibility and go out and seek the truth. If a certain religion doesn't suit you, 
find out why and what resonates with you you have to do that it's yeah. really, really important but yeah I think what happens is that a lot of parents I think what you mean by that is a lot of parents really enforce yeah. the religion that the child's born into and the child's just trying to still find themselves and navigate through life that's right yeah exactly exactly yeah and yeah. I also think there's that aspect of like you know if we speak up or if we say anything against our parents it's almost like we're sinning um and I don't think that's always the case I do think um it's about just communicating and sorry you need like a healthy stream of conversation because I feel like there's a lot of like do this because I said so as opposed to okay cool this is kind of why I don't want you to do this and this is the rationale behind it and it's very much like I said I think with parents it's a lot of the you don't say oof to your parents like so many yeah. of us have heard the phrase when they're younger <laughs> and it's like but actually like how far are we taking what oof means me questioning maybe something you said to me or you know a specific rule that you enforce and having like a very respectful conversation with you that's not me disrespecting my parents that's me actually understanding them and us reaching a middle ground and actually having a conversation about things because i think one thing that we've we've spoken about a lot as well is this idea that parents kind of have a set you know idea of what their kids want to do they want them to be a lawyer they want them to be a doctor all of this they're basically basically doctoring their kids lives and they're not really giving them the opportunity to kind of flourish as the person that they are and it can be very like difficult as you said Mohammed, gave you a bit of an identity crisis it's very difficult and i think a lot of us feel this guilt because like our parents a lot of the, of the, a lot of the time they're like first second generation people that have come in and worked really hard to give us the life that they have and you have a sense of guilt and you're like i feel bad that maybe i'm derailing from the path that they want from me but then it's also like why should i feel bad about that because i'm really just taking everything i've learned and kind of going with you know the natural path that my life is taking me do you know what i yeah. mean yeah, yeah of course absolutely no it's 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 hard who said it's going to be easy but we've got to um identify and as you say we as parents have to take ownership and take responsibility of it for our actions just because our parents brought us up in a certain way that we have to follow what they're doing and it's the same with us just because our parents have been doing it our grandparents have been doing it and their parents have been doing it what makes it that it's right you've yeah. got to ask and you've got to ask why why is that? And once you've understood the why, then you can help your children identify the why as well. Yeah. So it's really, it's a, I think it's a responsibility on both sides as parents is to take that responsibility, change, learn, develop, change your mindset and make show everybody the difference between culture and religion. And culture is used in a very, very bad way. And that's and people think that's religion. And that's where Islam has a bad name yeah, yeah i think there's almost like a blurred lines where they can't tell the difference not that they can't tell the difference but they'll use it over it or yeah. a lot of the things that oh yeah just because you're from the same religion it doesn't matter you're from a different culture um yeah. and i don't think it comes down to that and back to your point as well i don't think it's a bad thing asking why you know yeah. that can almost be seen as quite disrespectful in some yeah. aspects like why do you need to question your parents but i think why shouldn't we if we why like you know we've been brought up in such a western culture and we might not see things the way our parents do but i think that's our place to question why and be wise enough to sort of mix the two cultures and we know what's not necessarily what's right and wrong but we know what's good for us and sort yeah. of in like you know weaving that culture into what we've also learned as well yeah and i think like 
Yeah, I think what a lot of people kind of, I think a lot of Asian parents do feel this as well, where they're like, how do you know what's good for yourself? Like, why, how are you questioning my parenting style? We're not questioning. Obviously, you have so much knowledge. You, you have the children. We understand that that's very difficult. And you learn so many things. There's so many valuable things that we can pick up from our parents. But that doesn't mean that our parents can also maybe listen to our grievances. Like, for example, mom, dad, I want to have a conversation with you as opposed to just taking what you say for face value. Or for example, like if I disagree with something you're doing. So let's say, for example, if my brother is getting preferential treatment and I'm not, I should be allowed to question that as a woman. Um, and it's just sort of like not making that look like a negative thing because we want relationships with our parents. We love our parents. Like one thing about Desi parenting and just Desi culture and Asian culture as a whole is that there is a big focus on being family orientated, caring about your family loving your family also loving your traditions but then naturally a lot of negative traditions also permeate into this conversation which is mm. what's very difficult yeah like and it, we is are... always about, it is always about what what others going to think what is others oh going to think? my god i was literally like thinking that like as much as like we hold our parents up to such a high pedestal in our lives and and i love that about our culture i love how much we respect and how much love we have for our parents but then that that comes in with the what will people think and I know that's impacted my life in many ways and it is very very frustrating that some parents lead their parenting style through the sense of oh I'm going to do this because it will make me look better as a parent to the community as a while my child is suffering like, I don't agree with that at all yeah like, you used to say to me like or like oh so and so will say this or they will think this and I'd be like yeah, but like, why does that matter? Like, they're so irrelevant. And then you never had, to, you never really had I an answer. I never had an You didn't know what to say. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like, just listen, just do yeah. as you're told. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whether that's, whether that's yeah. come with like education, like going to like a good school or studying something or whether that's like how I dress. Like, I used to have like really bright blonde hair. My dad would be like, what the hell like what will people think if they knew you were my daughter or loads of piercings on my ear they'd be like how like what what would people think if they knew you were my daughter and I was like I don't care like it doesn't it doesn't mean you're a bad parent because I have more than one pierced ear or I have a different <laughs> colored hair like it's not a bad thing yeah it doesn't work like that absolutely it doesn't work like that but you know what is um as we were saying the other day it's all about your mindset if you can change your mindset and stop thinking what others are thinking and, and actually love the love your children we all love our children but of course i want to see them happy i want to see my children happy and i want them to i want them to expose them i want them to make their mistakes we've made our mistakes yeah. now they might not make the same mistakes that, that we've made but they'll make their own mistakes and you'll mm -hmm. learn from them and it's not failure it's all about learning how can I do something differently and how can I achieve this and that and if you have the support of your parents it doesn't matter what anybody says who cares as long as your mom and dad are okay God's okay that's it you're fine you're only answerable to your lord as well that's what I've always <laughs> Yeah, and I think the point that you make, which is like letting your kids make their own mistakes, is really important because, like, I think ultimately when we're held to the high standards that we are. We do things we hide them from our parents like yeah. i one thing that my parents me like again like we didn't always have the best relationship and now we have a really good relationship what back in the day i used to hide everything from them but now yeah. i'm in a space where i'm so comfortable i'm not hiding around i'm telling them everything and that mentally was so much better for me than just running around the house and like pretending to be one person at home and then pretending to be someone else yeah. when i'm out i think 
Yeah. yeah I think a lot of us are guilty of living that like Hannah Montana lifestyle yeah. where like we're like one person at home or I would like whether that comes to like you know the way you dress like I'm sure many of us have like gone out in a skirt and yeah. we're wearing like ripped jeans underneath <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm so guilty of that or like sort of like reining yourself in at home like being a bit more quiet or things like that but then having such a big personality outside of home like I know a lot of us desi kids especially girls we do yeah. live that double lifestyle um and it's sort of about just being like okay like my child is this my child is that and that's okay like and sort of I think it was very lightning like on our mental health and on our well-being that we were able to sort of let those things go and it, it does sort of take that pressure of you yes not having right. to sort of do like do one thing at home one thing outside and it it, it does add a lot of like stress as well because you're like constantly anxious or you're like oh my god what, what oh my god I can't do this at home you, do you know what I mean you're constantly feeling guilty you're constantly feeling as if what I'm doing wrong and you feel like a bad person yeah. and mm. that's not a nice feeling to have it's not yeah. a nice feeling and when it comes to if you do that now, what are you going to do when you get married? Exactly. You're going to take that trend into your marriage. Yeah. And then an open, honest relationship. And then the compound effect is that you'll probably do that to your daughters as well. Exactly. Because you've not had the courage or the confidence to stand up. Mm. And this is where it comes really, really important to empower your daughters to become independent thinkers and to be financially secure. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think it was, like my ex said, like now that, I, I'm not. I'm sure not everyone has that yet. But when you do build that healthy relationship with your parents, it can ease things up. And from when I was younger, like my dad, like he, you know, we've, we're all girls in the house. My dad has always taught us about independence. And all, when all of us turned sixteen, we all had our own jobs. Whether that was just a little part-time job while we're still in school, like, it was just to like you know embed that independence in us and knowing that you know understanding the value of money. And those are some a lot of the positive things that our parents do teach us that they bring. Like you know understanding how much it is to work hard for yourself and knowing that you know like for example I bought this shirt I worked like so hard to buy this shirt and knowing maybe almost empathizing with our parents as well understanding how hard they work for what they give us as well and I think that has a very blurred line sometimes yeah and a lot of, lot of children are trapped because their parents do everything for them they yeah. give them the money, they give them the cars, they do all that, then they feel trapped because they can't do anything. They've got to listen to their parents. Mm. Um, they've got to listen to what they're, what they're saying. But if you don't empower yourself and don't become independent and stop relying on anyone else except for yourself, then they wouldn't be so trapped. They wouldn't exactly. feel trapped. And that's what we teach, isn't it, Maham, now yeah. as well, is it to become independent and just have your life. And yes, when it comes to marriage, they Every child, everybody is entitled to who, marry who they want. Yeah. They are entitled. Yes, if you fall in love, love with someone that's not Muslim, you obviously tell them that you come with baggage. This is what we do before you go in, into the deep relationship. But if they're a nice person and they're willing to convert and they're willing to make your daughter or your son happy, then why can't we accept them into our community? Why can't we have them in our families? Why is it a big stigma? about it why is that and why is it that you have to get married at a certain age yes i know oh my god oh i get it's it so you know? frustrating but, yeah. when you find someone and you're going to spend that like that your whole life with that one individual you've got to make sure he or she is the right person for you yes Sarah, i completely agree with that because i think when it comes to marriage 
especially in my culture, um, I'm from Bangladesh and we have a very like thing in our culture, like Bengalis have to marry Bengalis because there's a massive belief that culture stick with culture. And I feel like it should be like, you know, as long as we're, for me personally, if we're the same religion, it shouldn't matter what countries we're from just because of little things like, you know, I'm sure there's language barriers that our parents feel like, how am I going to talk to, you know, my child's husband or wife if I can't, you know, communicate with them or we can't share the same cultural traditions that you did growing up. But I think moving away from the fact of, you know, what will people think if you marry outside of your culture? I don't think that's a massive thing that parents should guide upon or also the female pressures that gets put on. Yeah. Because I've been told you have an expiry date. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot deal with that because I don't think I expire next year. <laughs> At all. Oh, yeah. I, I expired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think like a lot of parenting style, like I think ultimately we wanna we've spoken about this a lot in this episode, and it's about endorsing your child's own just natural like where they want to go in their life and I think unfortunately a lot of like the way that we are parented is kind of in a way to prepare us for marriage so like we've yeah. got that's not just for boys and for girls sorry that's also for boys as well and it's like you're expected to have everything on lock by like the age of 20 when in reality like you've just come out of uni or you're still in uni exactly and you're not ready for this sort of situation to happen but there is that pressure always to kind of like be financially stable it's very difficult in today's economy to be financially stable buy a house by like 21 yeah and then even yeah. for girls like to be like super domesticated and that's you know that sort of thing is what your life focus should be and do you know one thing i really do not like about some some parenting styles as well is this idea that yeah yeah you can do whatever you want when you get married because it's apparently i'm moving on there and I, now i'm going to be parented by someone yeah, else yeah exactly yeah or the or the aspect that your life starts when you get married yeah and I, and I don't agree with that I think yeah it's the next chapter of your life but it's not like my life is leading up to getting married mm. yeah you see like so many girls can't go on holiday because their parents are like oh you can only go when you're married but you see all these boys going to <laughs> exactly and I'm like, how, how are you allowed to? exactly like there's that double standard with like girls yeah. and boys especially in our culture um and I'd like you know like oh you know yeah a guy can get married at 35 it's okay you know he's not the one having the babies or things like that like, we're just seen as like just we're just seen to just pop out babies by like 25 yeah, no I'm true. sorry it doesn't work like that, that. No, exactly like I wanted to ask her like what do you think is because obviously your platform is very focused on focused on like empowering women how do you think that Desi parents can change the structure of their homes to kind of like make sure that there isn't that massive rift between you know guys and girls because ultimately girls do feel like they're not having their voices heard yeah absolutely that's a good question basically what it is when you talk about girls should be domesticated boys should be domesticated as well <laughs> yeah it, it, it works both ways if a boy needs to know understand how to do diy then the girl needs to do, understand how to do that as well i didn't even know how to change a light bulb um <laughs> Maham's dad was like he's great at what he does and I'm domesticated but wish I had learned all those skills so both my children we uh, we both agreed that both of them should be domesticated and understand everything else and how it's done I think it's just suppose how you bring your children up we included our children 
and everything, even when they were young kids, right, let's go carpet shopping. I know it's the most boring thing, but what carpet do you think? What colour do you like? What, do you know that is what we done? We included mm. them into everything that we, we done and made them independent as well, thinking, oh my God, our parents value our opinion. So everything that we done, it had to go by all the children, both the kids, Simon and, and Maham, both of them had an opinion. Thank so it's really, really important to make them both independent in that way. And I grew up with five siblings and my parents just loved the boys and it was everything was what the boys did. And my brother used to wake up in the morning and he used to say, breakfast. I'm like, who the hell do you think you are? I'm not getting any breakfast. And then we used to fight. And then my mom says, go and make him breakfast. And when your mom says that, then you have to go. And you I made to. I made a promise to myself, when I have a son, that it's not, I'm not going to let him do that. I'm going to make yeah. sure that he um, understands how to do it as domesticated. And he's a great baker as well. That's the way. <laughs> what, what do you think are the sort of things you're teaching both your kids at the same time, whether that's, you know, even like talking about girly stuff to boys, like do you feel like you're doing that as well with your son to sort of just normalise those things and that he can feel comfortable talking about as well? Because, you yeah. know, like even in our community, we can't, there's certain things we can't talk about in front of our dad or in front of our brothers and cousins because it's just weird. No, it is weird. But then we do talk about periods, don't we? And if I'm not feeling well, if I'm run down, I'm like uh, Sign would say, Mum, you on your period? And I said, yes, yeah, so, okay, let me look after you, make you a cup of tea. But I think it was more so Maham that really, um, really put it on to me and said, like, why don't you just tell him you're not feeling well? Why don't you just tell him you've got your period? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I used to just say that because yeah. we're, we're so close. And I was like, he's like, he's literally like my best friend. So I'm like, I'm not going to hide Aww. anything. Um, so like, if I'm saying it, I'm like, well, you can you can say it too. I don't understand why you're well, doing it. Yeah. Um. And then I think over time you got more comfortable, and it's been that way. But I think one thing I always remember you saying to us is that um, you are both equal, and no one's better than the other. I think because of your experience that you yeah. had with yeah. your siblings. Um. And I think I don't even like. It sounds a bit like a bit like corny, but it's not like I don't think you see gender. If that makes sense, like. Mm. It's not like my mum sees like me as a girl and my brother as a boy. It's more just like these are just my kids and they're equal. Yeah. yeah. We need that going forward. Yeah. I think that's such a good idea to have because ultimately like this, there's this argument that even if you start to treat your kids differently, giving one person more respect compared to the other or giving them more of a voice, you create, you like unintentionally, you do create this sort of like tension between them. So previously when we were younger, my parents implemented this more. Now we're very much like on an equal platform, but that created a really horrible relationship between me and my brother because a young me was jealous that my brother was getting all this attention. Like, why was I not worthy of that intention? And it's like, I think even with like something as small as periods, it's like, we have to hide our struggles. We have to hide our issues. It's not fair. Um, and like, we don't, we didn't used to really talk about periods and like, just, you know, just being like ourselves. Like we're very, we were very private. And then it was when I kind of like got engaged and I went to my fiance's house that he was like openly speaking to his mom about it. He'd go buy his mom chocolates, his sister's chocolates. And I really admired that. And I thought it was so sweet. And just having that sort of like focus on that. Cause that is another, you know, household where I think like the relationship was so good because there's a lot of respect for women. And I think when you start to you need to kind of instill that in your children as well because we do have a misogyny issue when you are giving men more respect than women you are creating like very horrible ideologies and this is your son that is going to go and get married to another woman and he's going to take those ideologies with him and that's something i don't like but you also mentioned another point about how like and i think it's kind of derailing from that 
that um, this conversation it's just this idea that you give your kids the opportunity to be heard even if it's as something as small as like what color of the carpet and I think like able to give your kids a voice teaching them accountability when you say sorry it actually breeds people who become very decent human beings and I think that's an important thing that we need to focus on in our community as well that's true I mean my my son Simon's never been one of those boisterous children he's just been dead calm and and just gets on with it with things and he takes everything in his stride and I'm his number one priority. This is his number one priority. That's the sweetest thing her. ever. He really looks He's after going to so much if he hears one, Once he hears it. But that's just who he is. Yeah. Yes, he will make a good father. He will make a great husband. It's because the way he's been brought up. And yeah. I think mothers, uh, we should not uh, overprotect our children. It could be your daughter or it could be your son. Don't overprotect them because you can't wrap them up in cotton wool. You have to let them go. I let yeah. them go. And I don't, I don't know if I've told you this story, but I'm going to tell you this now, ma'am. But, <laughs> oh, no. Um, when I went to climb Ben Nevis, I was away for three days. And Maham just had turned 21. And Maham said to me, what about dinner? And I'm like, well, you can make your dinner. I never cooked it. And I think that's when I realised as well that I'm doing too much. So I, I just left for three days and that was my big, that was me learning, uh, looking, finding me as well, as well as two children I found themselves, but I had to find me uh, being uh, uh, married at a very young age, bringing up my children. I didn't have a life, so I had to I had to create a life for myself. Mothers need to do that. It's really, really important. Yeah. So that's when I decided to let them go and be them who they are. And I need to create my life because they're going to get married. They've got a life. I can't yeah. run, run around them all the time. Mm. I need a life. Yeah, so I think what we... my friends on holiday as well. Hello. I think, <laughs> I, th- I think it's really important because, you know, for like even me, like my mom got married really young and it was like she probably had to give up a lot of stuff like studying and going to uni and like following her dreams because she got married and moved to a completely different country. And I think it is important to also emphasize that our parents have to still find them themselves you know like my parents spent a lot of their lives you know bringing us up and now only they're enjoying their free time and being able to do the things that make them happen I think it's amazing that you climbed Ben Nevis and you went skydiving like you can still find yourself at any age but also yeah. understanding that you can also let your kids do that as well yeah, yeah I think the point is that Asian parents have this thing where they want to hold their kids. They want to look after them. They want to put them in a bubble. They're scared of them running away. Yeah, just coddle them. When you let your kids go, they will come back. And it's that trust that they will come back because they love you. They care about you. Like, again, we have such a big emphasis on loving our parents. But the more you kind of like hold us in this, you know, dungeon, we kind of like don't, we will run away. You will. I feel like, you know, from being at uni and like being at school and stuff like I've seen the parents the parents that try to rein their kids in the most are the ones that rebel the most yeah. and will go and will not come back and it will be literally going against everything like you know I say quote unquote what their parents would be disappointed in but it's like once you have that trusting relationship with your parents or them understanding what you like and the things you do they're yeah. always going to be there and you're not going to ha- feel like you have to lie to them or you have to hide what you're doing like I would hate to like lie about to my parents where I'm going because I'm like what if yeah. something happens to me and they don't know where I am and I've lied yeah. and that's the and last thing the I've need. done and you feel the need that you have to do that exactly um, I think like another topic that we can kind of like go on to is mental health and like you know the lack of appreciation and the lack of like 
dialogue that kind of engages there like do you do you think mental health in your household is a very very big thing and like are you guys always like communicating with each other about how you feel and that sort of stuff Meg it's so so important I think ma'am you can take this one and <laughs> she's like why me <laughs> yeah I think I genuinely I am quite like a emotional sensitive person so I if I <laughs> something upsets me I have to talk about it yeah and I'm into horoscopes, so like my mum's like a Gemini and she just is not like talking about emotions or anything like that. So it took us a long time to actually start talking about feelings and emotions and this makes me feel like this and this makes me feel like that. Um, and it's not until we started actually having these conversations that um, everything just felt a lot lighter, whereas before you would just have to kind of keep everything into yourself lead this double life almost feel bad for leading the double life which was not even your fault mm -hmm. and then also feeling like you're such a bad person because you almost feel like you're the only one doing it and it's yeah. not till you're older and you meet a lot of other South Asians and you're like oh wow you're been on the same journey as me and I'm not alone and I'm not going like crazy over my life mm -hmm. um but in terms of like mental health I think it has become so important I think you've also become really um aware of your emotions yeah. and in, aware of our emotions because even like her dad like our, my dad it doesn't he doesn't really talk about his emotions he doesn't know how to get them out because it's just something we're not being brought up yeah. with we've not yeah we're not used to, to it talk. at all yeah we've not been brought up to talk about how we feel so it's definitely been something that we've had to really adapt and learn yeah um but once you start talking i think it just gets so much better because you do need someone to talk to if you don't have that then obviously you just you go crazy yeah <laughs> yeah of course yeah i think even in like my household like where it's ma mainly it's a girl household it's just my dad and three sisters and my mom so like we have a lot of emotions of hormones everyone's going crazy with the emotions but like like you said our parents aren't used to talking about these emotions and it's almost like, like from, from my experience, it's all, almost like mental health is very dismissed within the Asian community, especially with the generation above us. Or they're just like, no, 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 they must be ill. Like, it's not mental health. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's yeah. not something that is very, like, acknowledged. Because if we were to talk about these emotions or understand, like, you know, I am anxious because of this or I am depressed because of this maybe that would change a lot of things but our parents haven't been brought up like that they are used to suppressing a lot of their emotions and the very like you know I just need to get on with my life and then when it does come across no 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 they're just ill that doesn't exist I think yeah. also people aren't able to identify that it's actually mental health mm. they think it's just like like you said like an illness or they're just having like a bad day and yeah. it's hard to put the finger on what it actually is because I don't even think it's in a lot of household vocabulary. Like, no. they just it's just not a subject people speak about. Yeah. yeah. No, it's no, a subject if your son or daughter is depressed, and if you tell anybody they're depressed or you even admit you're depressed, again, it boils down to the same thing. What are others going to say about you? Yeah. Oh my God, if someone knows that my daughter's depressed, I'm not going to, she's not going to get married. Yeah. Or and they're yeah. going to think I'm a bad parent. Like, what did I do? Yeah. And then sort of bring it onto themselves like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, one of the things about mental health as well is like, I think there's a resistance to talk about it because when you tell your parents, hey, like I'm not feeling that great or like 
you want you want your parents to listen because at the end of the day your mom your dad they're your source of comfort like biologically they're your source of comfort and when you talk to them about not feeling well they don't have the same sort of reaction as opposed to let's say if you fell down and hurt your leg and it's really upsetting because i think a lot of parents that i've noticed like when i first spoke to my parents about mental health i think they innately thought like oh my god have i failed my children but the truth is you haven't I'm just going through something and I need you to be there for me in this instance. Yeah. And I talk about this because we talk about how like, you know, the elder community, they do, they've gone through mental health. Like I personally have spoken about this before. Mental health is a massive thing in my house because I have a parent who had like very abusive parents, very abusive family, all these sort of things that we've spoken about were implemented in his life. And that has caused a lot of anxiety for him. And it was only until he really experienced that did we actually as a family decide to talk about it. And we need to, we need to put an emphasis on how our kids are feeling um, and be able to actually engage in these conversations because these, as I said, like these are the people that should be really caring about you. Um, and I think like it ties into the idea of like when it actually comes to parenting and mental health specifically, it's this idea of living a double life. So I think it's an interesting question to pose to you, Maham. Like, what do you feel, like what sort of advice would you give to someone who is in the process of, talking to their parents or trying to kind of discuss things with your parents because you've had that experience with your parents where you actually like had the courage to go and speak to them and say I don't like how things are going like what sort of advice would you give to someone who's trying to do something like that I think the biggest advice I would give is not to be so harsh on yourself and not to expect like a grand result so instantly and um, because it is, it is a process and it will happen over the period of time and the more you start talking with your parents the more they become they become more receptive to what you're saying and then they kind of sleep on it and then they understand and if it's like I, I live my life by just like taking each day as it comes anyway so just take each day as it comes so you know like if there's something you want to talk to your parents about address it as best as you can today and if it goes well great if it doesn't that's fine you can address it again the next day or the next day it's just like a slow burner it's just you need to just slowly work upon it and it's like a muscle almost you just need to train them yeah <laughs> kind of changing because they've not been exposed to that no. um no. and it's just, it's just literally just being patient for me like I didn't even know what I was doing it at the time to be honest like oh, really? I, and I would even I wouldn't even be saying it like in a very nice way it was never like calculated either it was just through frustration yes. I was just fed up and I was like, I can't, you know, this isn't fair. And I think with my frustration, you understood as well. You're like, this can't keep going on. Yeah. Like, we're, we're not, we, we're like, I'm so thankful that we're close now, but we never used to be this close. Um, mm. But again, it's just with patience and time, honestly. It's just, I think that's, that's the best answer for everything. But I think it's a, it's a learning between both of us and our children and unlearning the things that we've learned. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, that. She's taught me how to change things and see things in a different way. And because you love your children, it always goes down to that. And because you love your children, you want the best for them. Then you put then nothing else matters. It's just a, it's your children's happiness. And how can we help them? How can we be there to support them? And it's, that is all it is. I just want my children to be in that position. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to judge them or anything, but just pick up that phone or just come to me and just speak to me about it and I will try and make it better. That's yeah. all I want. But yeah. I think it's also, obviously I'm probably speaking from a place of privilege as well because I'm, I'm really grateful that I've got a parent like you that's understanding and I'm not naive to the fact that there will be that's so many parents true. out there that just no means no and that's it. That's no matter it. how yeah. much you tell yeah. your parents, will be the parent that will just be like, it will just be like no full stop 
into that I I can understand that feeling because yeah. at that time years ago it literally felt like that I felt like there was no almost like light at the end of the tunnel I know it sounds really dramatic but it's only reacting no no it's, it's, it's completely valid though and yeah. I think for, for those kind of children I think it's best to then have some like just stand your own ground and just ha- almost have that respect for yourself and be like right like think am I really doing anything that's so bad and if the answer mm. is no then you need to put yourself first essentially and if your parents aren't willing to accept that it's just about being able to move on from that and not being tied down because if that's the case then yeah. you're just going to be living a life that's not happy and yeah. Yeah. it's really sad to think that there's there is thousands of kids that are going through that today and it's yeah I sad. think yeah I think one thing me and my head can definitely relate to is how much we've rebelled to stand our ground and yeah. how much if we want to do something where we're not two individuals who would say what we're standing for is wrong like we would probably evaluate everything and be like you know what like this has a valid reason like if I want to go out and do this I want to do this because it's going to make me happy for example and I think we're two people who have broken a lot of boundaries within our individual families that to the point where things do become normalized like for example in my family you know like going on holiday going out with friends staying with friends or doing this xyz you know it took a lot of rebelling for it to be normalized so I would definitely agree with the keep standing your ground and you know you'll chip away at your parents one day and I'm not sitting here being that person that's going to say like oh just talk to your parents I'm sure they're going to understand if they love you no I'm not saying that like we know it's not as easy as that within our community and within our cultures but I can say that if you keep going at it and you stand your ground something will come from it yeah, yeah. I, I think one, yeah I think Maham you really articulated that argument very well and I think that's genuinely like very valuable advice I feel like I wish I had someone to kind of say that to me when I was younger yeah. Like, yeah it's not always going to be great but you can get through it and alhamdulillah like I've been in a household now where kind of like going through that heartbreak and that all of those situations like now I'm in a place where my parents are you know really happy with my creativity really happy with me being such a you know outspoken female and that's what you want at the end of the day and I think like just kind of rounding off from that and like just talking about all of that, like the fact that you were like, okay, cool, you need to try that. But now we also have resources. We have Farah's like one-to-one sessions, exactly. which I think is so good because for all of you that don't know, like Farah's basically holding like these one-to-one sessions where um, you can come in with your parents or on your own and she can basically have a conversation with you. And I think it's really nice that, you know, you can now sit down with someone who looks like you. Our parents, one thing is they don't like taking advice from us. That's the truth. Like we're not. <laughs> exactly. Because like they'll be like, what do you know about this? Like you haven't been through this. Yeah. And I wanted to ask like, Farah, how are those going? Like, do you feel like, I think that it's such, honestly, like I cannot explain to you that it's such a valuable sort of resource to have that I think so many of us who are now kind of like, you know, probably in our thirties, twenties, like would have wanted something like that. Mm -hmm. Again, it just came about about what Maham said is that not everybody's privileged to have parents who understand. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not claiming that I'm a therapist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not one of those people that do your counselling. But I'm only one of those people that can tell you through my experience, through my daughter's experience, through my son's life, and just sit there and just be an ear to someone. Sometimes it's not even um, I can help them. Just sometimes it's just somebody wants to um, speak to you and just to be listened and to be heard, and it's so important. So why not take this opportunity 
to help those people. I mean, I get a lot of lot of DMs, honestly, and I'm not just saying that. And it's really hard for me to give it justice to send out those messages. I'm obviously um, running my business and it's, it takes a lot of time out. So this is why it has to be done in a structural way so that we can obviously have those questions. And um, someone, we were speaking to somebody and um, obviously can't say anything, it's confidential, but that person, they were saying that their parents don't understand that, that they are going through this depression or the mental health and they just told them, take a tablet and just go and do what you have to do. That, that breaks your heart, you know? So even things like that, and then being a business connector, I have the connections, I've got the resources, I've got the organizations that I work closely with that I can refer them to so that if they need professional help, I'll put them through to that because with our culture, we don't understand who we can speak to, who do we trust, right? So that's really important. You need to speak to somebody that understands you and gets you and gets the background that you've come from. So you can't just pick up the phone to any, any therapist and say, this is what I need. So hence why it's really important for me to reach out. So even if I could take a little bit of time out and listen to these people and it would change their mindset or maybe change those thoughts that's going through your head, just that little bit of help. I just want to be there for them. And as I always say, I wish I had somebody to speak to. I didn't. And I just want to be that, like your TikTok mum or your TikTok <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want to call me, by all means, I don't mind. Um, your granny, I, I don't care. But as, as, long, I know, as long as you've got someone to talk to. Yes, I've put a price on it. It's to protect myself. Because yeah. I don't want any Tom, Dick and Harry you know you don't know who you're going to speak you don't know what's out there i put a minimum cost on it so that every it's affordable for everybody of and course. it's not too much so that's the reason why i'm doing it but as i say i don't claim to be a therapist just <laughs> yeah. like this, yeah. agony. you just have to say exactly no i can't emphasize how refreshing it is to see how positively you're using your platform and the things you've learned and you want to help other people because we can all acknowledge that a lot of these topics aren't easy within our community whether that's us as kids breaking these boundaries and you as parents understanding where to meet your kids and I think yeah. it's so nice and we love to see everything that you're doing with your platform and Maham like you talking about all your you know when we you're talking about your representation within our community colorism like it is so nice to see both of you using your platforms in such a positive and educating what way empowering this you women on this one I know <laughs> we're all about it and like we can't wait to see where everything goes and we're just yeah. honestly we're here for it and we're just so happy that we were able to sit down and have this conversation with you two. Like we couldn't have thought of anyone better to do this with. Oh, we do appreciate it. Do you know, as I said to you, both are doing a very, very good job. Keep it going. And you're helping all those people. You're bringing people on that can inspire others to change their lives. And this is what it's all about. There's no point in having knowledge and keeping it to yourself. Knowledge is only powerful if it's spread and is help, helping other people. That's what's important. Your parents should be very, very proud of what you are doing, what you have created. And no, I seriously mean it. You've got a beautiful soul, beautiful girls, and I, and I just pray all the best, and I hope everything turns out well for you. And we both really appreciate the time that you've taken out and speaking to us humbly, humbly. Um, Honestly, we're just so happy that you, that you love yeah. to sit and down and talk to us and like it's just honestly we feel so blessed for that and like just keep doing everything both of you are doing and, and I'm sure 
don't follow Farah right now, you should. She's on, um, we'll leave her and Maham's Instagram handles um, in the little breakdown that we put down on Instagram. And if you haven't, if you don't follow them, I really suggest you, you definitely do. should. And, uh, but honestly, thank you so much for being on this platform. Well, thank, you. thank you guys so much. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. thank Next you guys. We'll be out soon and we're really excited and happy to be back. Thank Thank you guys for listening and for being here and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.